copyrighted program created by the Rio Grande Oil Company. Calling all cars, attention all cars, attention all Santa Clara County Sheriff cars, broadcast 123. Be on the lookout for two men who just held up the Pacific Theater in San Jose. Suspect number one described as 33 years, 5 feet 10 inches, 160 pounds, wearing a gray suit, a gray hat. Suspect number two, 20 years, 5 feet 11 inches, 150 pounds. Wearing a dark blue top coat, a brown hat. These men are believed to have escaped in a Ford Coupe. Stand by for further details. You will be amazed how quickly the police catch the criminals in tonight's crime. Enlightened civic officials have supplied the police forces of many western cities with the newest scientific devices to fight lawbreakers, including high-powered police cars, equipped with radio and powered with real grand craft. The only Pacific Coast gasoline made by the very latest scientific Sinclair refining process. Police cars have proved that craft gasoline develops greatest speed and power. In Los Angeles, where the police cars answer from 700 to 1,000 emergency calls every day, it takes an average of only 2 minutes and 42 seconds for a police car to reach the citizens who call for help. Police give Rio Grande Crest gasoline full credit for making this great speed possible. And in the largest cities and counties of the West, more police and emergency cars are powered with Rio Grande Crest than any other gasoline. This is the same gasoline you can get from the Rio Grande dealer near you. You, too, can enjoy police car performance in your own car. Now it is our pleasure to introduce Chief of Police Black of San Jose, California, who will speak to you from the studios of KFRC in San Francisco. Chief Black. Stop on the beat is a thing of the past. Nowadays, the officer who helps preserve the peace of your community rides in a high-powered patrol car, constantly in touch with headquarters by means of police radio on the dashboard, and, as is becoming more and more the case, able to communicate directly with headquarters by means of a shortwave sending set in the car. Behind the officer in the radio car is all the equipment science has given to criminology. Laboratories protecting physical evidence, fingerprinting, the statewide teletype which flashes the means of a crime, and the description of the criminals over the entire state in an instant. Against such a formidable array of equipment and knowledge, how can the criminal hope to win? We who know that he never does often wonder at his stupidity in trying. The story you are about to hear is one in which the criminals attempted to enlist the most modern developments of the day to their side. But quick as they were, the police were quicker, as you soon will see.
1932 that a young man called by the manager of the Pacific Theater, a first-run movie house in San Jose, California. Can you see what you see? I want to see what you saw, the manager. Oh, yes. Uh, Mr. I've forgotten your name. Andrews. Robert Andrews. Do you have a number now? <laughs> yes, of course. I remember you, Mr. Andrews. You're the lobby display artist, aren't you? That's right. Well, I'm afraid Mr. Stanley's tied up. If there's anything oh, I can do... Oh, now, listen, Jolly. Don't hand me that chat. I've heard it before. I want to see Stanley. But he's busy right now. He's busy looking over last week's motion picture held, I'll bet. Tell him I'm here. Very well. Mr. Andrews is outside to see you, Mr. Stanley. Yes, sir. I'm sorry, sir. Mr. Stanley is busy, Mr. Andrews. He can't be disturbed. Oh, do I will. He may be tied up for some time. I'll still wait. Oh, well. Mr. Andrews, Mr. Stanley. Oh, sorry. Thought it hard to get along with, aren't you, girl? Oh, there's a man outside with three thousand. Lucky guy. Well, I tell him to do with it, David. You know the film goes in the dressing room. It was uh, only the door locked. Oh, yeah, well, I'll come to it. Come along, David. Well, I guess I'll do my own secretary. Good morning, Mr. Stanley. What? Yeah, that's right. 
Yeah, I wonder when I was talking to the manager of the Pacific in San Jose, he was counting the tapes. Well, there must have been two girls that are out. The Pacific in San Jose. That's a mess. The liquor get away in a Frisco and leave their circle before the cops wake up to answer the phone. Yeah, we could. And I've got a little matter to settle with the manager of the Pacific anyway. I don't like that guy. Just after Christmas, Sanger and Andrews drive north. In San Jose, they take a room in a hotel facing the theater. For several days, they watch the movements of the theater start from the window. Then, shortly before noon on the 31st of December. There goes Sanger and Sacato. What time is it? Quarter twelve. Oh, it's early close at noon. Oh, that's right. I forgot the day was Saturday. You don't think the door until about one o'clock on weekdays. There's a very no regular Saturday. Hmm? What do you mean? Tonight's New Year's Eve. That's right, so it is. And they're having a special midnight show across the street. I've had to boost the box offices this year. Figuring I'm knocking them over tonight? I'm just saying not. Let them collect the Sunday take for us, too. And we'll relieve them up Monday morning. Just before your friend, Mr. Stanley, takes us to the bank. In broad daylight? Sure, why not? Nobody around the street at that time of day. Well, except in the porter and the secretary. Well, I handle them okay. Just at noon, the following Monday, Andrews and Sander parked their car in front of the theater. Get out and travel across the deserted lobby. Blinking, they stepped from the brilliant sunlight into the still darkness of the empty theater. Where do you suppose that quarter is? Oh, probably coming up under the feet. Yeah, there he is on the side. Hey, don't call me like this master dresser. I don't want anybody to recognize him. Yeah. Oh, Porter. Come here a minute, will you? Remember, don't say anything in front of these people. They might recognize your voice. Don't worry. Pick it up. Yes, sir. And keep quiet if you want to keep your health. Don't worry. I need to lose it. Okay. And lead the way to the manager's office. But I can't take you all and go. Mrs. Stanley's doing Yeah, I know. You'll be counting the weekend receipts. And besides, he got the door bowlers from the inside. I know about that, too. And you're going to walk in there in front of our guns and knock on the door and ask him to let you in. You won't like that. What do I care? You're going to tell him you want to clean the windows in there, see? No, but I can't. Get going, get going. No, but I'm going to start with my shaky legs. Let me. I'll move that old prisoner. Uh, uh, here we go. Okay. Knock on the door. Well, it's me, sir. David, if you don't mind, Bob, I'd like to get a those windows and go. They're powerful, dirty. Now, to go back a little later, David, you're swimming on it right now. Tell him you've got to come in now. But I, but I can't. You're locking the lid. Go on. But it's all. I've always put it up as a place on. I'm sure we'd like to get a those windows. Yes, well, well, then. Pick him up. What? David wasn't in here. I'm sorry, sir. I couldn't help him. Oh, all of you. Back against the wall. Where's that girl, Mr. Stanley? All right, sir. I'll count it out on the dish. Now, nice of you. Okay, pal. Cover that jacket up his bag. Okay. Then he looks familiar to me. Yeah. How's that? 
He's got a mask on. Still, he looks familiar. There he ought to. He's been shaking his joint for a week. He can come into the store every night to look the place over. You must have seen him in the lobby. Perhaps. But I wouldn't advise you to try to identify him. We bumped guys off in it. Now, sit down. Sir? Hand over your key ring. What for? Don't ask for a question. Hand it over. Very well. Here you are. I'll just keep these so you won't be able to get out of here for a while. The horse. Hold the horse. Oh, yeah. Well, just make sure you don't call the cops too soon. Now you'll keep your thoughts up for a while if you know what it is for you. Oh, you didn't get away. What did you do? Don't you see? They're going to be my guests. They didn't know about this one back there in the possession room. The sheriff will be looking for him. He's going to take back away. Sanitary, sir. Sorry. Just a minute, may I connect you? Yes, ma'am. I'm William the sheriff. Sheriff, that looks spooky. Oh, sir. This is Donald Stanley, Oh, yes, Mr. Stanley. How are you? Thank you, Sheriff. I've been home long. Oh, yeah? Well. Just three minutes ago, three minutes ago, I held up my secretary and myself and took our own receipts over $2,000. Well, can you give me a description? Well, it was more than that. I had to tell the one who was about five feet ten. He wore a gray suit and a gray hat. The other was by a tall taller. He had on a dark blue coat and a brown hat. Number one, five feet ten, wore a gray suit, gray hat. Number two, dark blue coat, brown hair. These men robbed the Pacific Theater in San Jose ten minutes ago. Cassidy. Get that on the telephone to all points right away. Yes, sir. With the speed of light, the law throws an invisible net across the state of California of teletype machines in Los Angeles, in El Centro, in Eureka, and San Bernardino, in Watsonville, and San Francisco, receive a description of the wanted men at the same moment. The news of their crime travels a million miles faster than a speeding getaway car in which the two robbers are going along the Bay Shore Highway towards San Francisco. You know what I tell you? It was a pushover, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, sure was. By the time those birds break out of that office and ship off the law, we'll be out of the heat. That'll turn to the right at this next road. There's an airport down there. Oh, okay. Oh, letter. There's a ship out there on the runway warming up. And pull it by the office. Oh, you wait in the car. Okay. Yes, sir? How much to fly my partner and me into Frisco? Five dollars a piece. Okay. Got a ship ready to go? Yeah, it's that red monoplane out there. Good. Let's get a rolling. Yes, sir. Well, Tom. Yeah? There's a couple of fares from Mill Field. Okay. Tom will take care of us. Fine. Now, listen. We'll leave our car here and pick it up tonight around six. My partner and I are late for a business appointment in Frisco. Gotta get so fast. And we'll look up your car. All right. Let's go. Right. Come on, Bob. I could, huh? Yeah. How long do you take to hit the Cisco College? Here, I'll land at Millfield in 15 minutes. That's well. Hop in.
Sure was cash. That'll be ten dollars. Yeah. And here's fifty cents. Fine. And let's grab that cab over there, Bob. We've got to hurry up. Okay, let's go. Yep, go on. Go on, boys. Oh, Tom. Hi, Eddie. This is pretty good, huh? Yeah, but I can't figure it out. What? See those two guys getting with that cab over there? Yeah. Well, I just flew them over from my Palo Alto. They said they were in a hurry to get to San Francisco. Said they'd been driving all night. So they left their car at the airport, and I flew them over here. Well, what's so mysterious? Well, by the time they get to town in that cab, they want to save more than a few minutes. It looks suspicious. I think I'll tell the boss about it when I get back to the school. Hello, baby. Hello. All this is the El Francisco Police Crossing Station. This is Mr. Waters, manager of the Colorado Airport. Yes, sir. Strange thing occurred down here, so I think I should report to you. Yes, sir. Go ahead. About a half an hour ago, a couple of men drove up to the airport and said, Yeah, they need to speak to you. Officer Blackson is San Francisco Auditor Airport. Yes, officer. I just received a report from Colorado Airport. Two men who fixed your telephone description of the man who robbed the Pacific Theater in San Jose he took a plane from Colorado to Millfield a half hour ago. That's hard. I suggest you cover the airport in case they return for the car. I'll do that at once. In the meantime, I'll check for the cell phone. Blue top cash on me. Well, it's last the police department. Right away, sir. No, no, no. I don't want to care, but I want some information. Yes, sir. Get the driver who brought two fares from Millfield in town about three quarters of an hour ago and tell him about it right away. Yes, sir. I'll try to get it on you. Out of the tail, Blackstone, speaking. I think you've got me to the Yeah? I tried a cab for the blue car. You want to get a Yeah. Did you bring two men in from Millfield an hour ago? One of them wear a blue overcoat and a brown hat, and the other a gray overcoat and a gray hat? Yeah, that's right. Where'd you drop them? Uh, they sent over to the local station. Did you overhear their conversation while you were driving them in? Uh, no, I didn't say much. I can't remember. Joe's inspector sends us to police with an initial. Doctor, in the order to say what he's done. Yes, Doctor. You see the old point teletype about the San Jose Theater hold up a couple of hours ago? Yes, I got it right here in front of me. Two men who pulled that job were registered to send that with Old Carroll. Yes, sir. Would you like a little more? Yes, sir. You look like you're from the police department. That's right. What did you want? How long have you been on the bed? I came on duty at noon. Two fellas sitting in a room the last two hours. One wore a blue coat and a brown hat. The other a gray coat and a gray hat. Mm, why, yes. I think I do remember them. They're in 1005. What names did they give? Now, let's see. Robert Andrews and Harvey Spangler. Try and get the house taken and come along with us. We're going to put them under arrest. Now, please don't fear the disturbance. I wouldn't want to get out where it would be as quiet as hell as it Mitchell assigns his men to cover all exits to the hotel, then accompanied by Inspector Butts and Valley, and the hotel manager and house detective who takes the elevator to the front floor. But in the meantime, a bellboy is tapping on the door of room 1005. Yes, what is it? Is this in the valley, sir? Yes, sir. Go. Go that time. Thank you, sir. 
Oh, by the way, were you expecting someone? No. No. No, why? Well, there's somebody else in for you today. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Here's a half a buck for telling me. Nice plan. Yes, sir. Who's that? Oh, boy. Yes, sir. There's the fire escape. Sit down there with the hall. Fine. Now, beat it, will you? Yes, sir. As Mitchell and his companions were coming up in the elevator, Potter stepped out into the fire escape and started down the outside of the building. A moment later, the officers were knocking on the door of Potter's room. Come on, open up. Apparently, he's out. Shipped out to me and the door, but it's unlocked. Ah, you can see he's left in a hurry. That's all the trouble, gentlemen. Have you seen the guests who's in this room, hurry? Well, sure. I just delivered a seat to him a few minutes ago. I told him you gentlemen were asking for it. You did? Yeah. And he gave me a 50 cent tip. I should think he would. Which way did he go? Oh, he didn't go anywhere. He just asked me where the fire escape was. The fire escape? What floor did it come out on? Yes, sir. Okay, but you stay in the room. The rest of you come along with me. We'll head him off when he gets to the bottom of the fire escape. Back down the elevator goes the officer. And as they are walking down the hall toward the fire escape on the third floor... Hurry, Lieutenant. Stop fighting in that window. Well, that's you. Keep coming and don't pull no gun. That's a gun full of gun in a minute. Okay, okay. Not the captain and all that's right. What's your name? Albert Taylor. Who's your partner, Andrews? I don't know. Come on back up to your room. I want to ask you some questions. By the time the officers and their prisoner returned to General 5, Inspector Butts had searched the place and found some items of interest. Well, Doc, I found the hall from the Pacific Theater. It's all here. $2,200 in cash and $500 in cash. Fine. Well, Stangler, what about it? Hmm. Looks like you're getting I'd say so. Okay. I pulled it down. Where's your pal, Andrews? Why not just say girl? Where's she live? She works in a candy store on a gay suit near Powell. Gay suit near Powell? What's her name? Sally, I think. Sally, candy store. Gay near Powell. Good done, Lara. We have a special today on Chocolate Covered Arms. No, thanks. This will be all. Yes, sir. Can I help you, sir? Yes. Your name's Sally. Why, yes. You're Bob Andrews' girl, aren't you? Why, uh, I know Bob. Yes. Why? I'm a friend of his. I just ran into Spangler, and he told me Bob was in town. Said you might know where I could find him. Why, is that a coincidence? Bob just left here a few minutes ago. Oh, he did, eh? Where is he going? Why, I think he was going back to the hotel. That's fine, Miss. But thank you very much. <laughs> Back in room 1005, the officers are questioning the prisoner when the phone rings. I'll get No, wait a minute. That might be Andrews. You answer it, Stangler, and don't put him off the way here. What'll I say to him? Give him sugar. Get him back up here. That's going to double cross my time. We're telling you what to do if you don't want any more trouble. But get on the extension in the other room. Yes, sir. Now go ahead, Stangler, and play safe. Yeah. Okay. Hello? and so on. 
You've got a nationwide organization. You can't do that. Looks like you're right. Well, here's our friend. Check him out, Andrew. What is it? You're under arrest. Oh. Well, that's the kind of a pal you are, Sanger. Lead me into a trap like this. Uh, I couldn't have a job. Bad guess from me. Nothing was going to do about it anyway. The topic is too quick for it. Within an hour, Sheriff Emmett is on his way back to San Jose with his prisoner. The next day, Andrews and Spangler, having pled guilty, and waived preliminary hearing are standing before the judge in Superior Court. Great jury, the state versus Robert Andrews and Harvest Spangler, Harvest and Van Larkness. How do you mean, Judge Edwards? Guilty. Guilty. And judge. Yes? Get it over with as soon as possible, will you? Yes, right. It is the sentence of this court that you be confined to San Quentin Penitentiary for from five years to the rest of your natural life. Next case. In a little more than 24 hours after they had robbed the Pacific Theater, Andrews and Spangler were entering the grim portals of San Quentin Penitentiary, dazed by the sudden turn of their fortune, but not two days to realize that crime doesn't pay. The new Calling All Cars News is out today. We urge you to go to your nearest Rio Grande service station and ask for your free copy. The news tells you more about the cases you hear on these broadcasts. And it illustrates some brand new free gifts for boys and girls. Every time you go to a Rio Grande station, you can help some youngster get a G-man or a junior detective outfit. Nearly every listener to this program realizes that the outstanding gasoline value in this market is Rio Grande Crest. But not all of you know that every Rio Grande dealer now features Sinclair motor oil because they unquestionably give you more value for your money. All useless wax and valueless petroleum jelly has been removed from Sinclair motor oil. You get nothing but pure oil. No waste. No filler. More lubrication for your money than ever before. Cancellation broadcast 123. Regarding a hold up at Pacific Theater. The specialist case are now in custody. That's all.
operator, Frederick Lindsay, bidding you good night for the Rio Grande Oil Company. Listen to Calling All Cars, now also broadcast over the Western Network, KMX Hollywood, KSFO San Francisco, every Thursday evening, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time and 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. <laughs>